0: And this game is underway with a bang.
1: This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. So there's no denying 2020 has, well, it sucked. I don't think there's any other way to put it. Between a pandemic... And between just terrible, terrible unrest in our country between many different groups. And on top of that, we haven't had sports. And our country's got some problems we got to solve, no doubt. But one of those problems, no sports, seems like it might be coming to an end. In fact, that problem is coming to an end. We can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Baseball has a start date. The NBA, the NHL, has a. these leagues have a start date. And to me, that's a big deal. It's still over a month away. We're not going to have sports for at least about another month if everything goes perfectly. But I don't know about you. Having a start date, having a to mark on my calendar, that means something. Major League Baseball set to return on the 24th of July. The NBA, the 30th of July. It's been reported that the NHL is looking to start about the 30th of July as well. I don't know about you, but just having a start date, a day on the calendar to count down to, to look forward to, that's a big deal. Finally starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. My name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco Sports Show. I hope you're doing well. Hope your week is coming along nicely. Another 21 reported cases in La Crosse County today, 21 new uh, coronavirus cases. At least it's not going up. Like, at least it's not going from 20 to 25 to 30 to 35, right? At least we're holding in the low 20s. Take this seriously. We're not going to talk much about coronavirus today outside of the context of sport. But if you hadn't seen the number yet, if you hadn't seen the news, that gets released every day at about 345 uh, by the La Crosse County Health Department. So 21 new cases today. Take it seriously. Please go to work, go home, see your family, just lay low. We're holding in the low 20s. That's promising. That's reassuring. So if you hadn't seen the numbers, there you go. Let's get that out of the way with. Let's talk about baseball. Talked about it yesterday. It's going to be an imposed season, right? Commissioner Manfred and the owners imposed a season. Said, hey, without the approval of the players, without the approval of anybody, we're just going to say, here's when we're starting. Here's how it's going to go. And that was the right that Rob Manfred was given in that March agreement, right? As long as the league... pays pays the players their full prorated salary, and makes the, quote, best effort to play as many games as possible, Rob Manford has the right to impose a season. Now, the ball was last in the court of the players. They had an opportunity to come to a deal on Monday night. I thought it was a pretty good deal. The players voted strongly against the deal, the last deal they were offered on Monday before the season was imposed that night and into Tuesday morning. Here's one more time if you missed yesterday's show or if you just haven't been paying attention. Here's what the players said no to. They chose the imposed season over this season. So they voted against 60 days. Major League Baseball was willing to offer them $25 million guaranteed as part of a playoff pool. Players said no. They were willing to offer them the guarantee that the expanded postseason in 2021 and the DH in the National League in 2021 were contingent upon playing at least 50 games in the year 2020. So that would have been a good way for Major League Baseball to be held accountable to play a certain number of games to guarantee those lucrative options moving forward. An expanded postseason a DH, things everybody wants. That would have held the league accountable. The players said no. The league also offered the players $33 million in salary forgiveness, which would have helped mitigate that $170 million in lost salary that was given to the players as an advance for missing games in March and April. MLB was willing to kick some of that back. By their number, they said about 61% of that they were willing to kick back. All of those pluses, those bonuses, were offered by Major League Baseball as a part of Monday's proposal, and the players said no, and instead opted for an imposed season to play the exact same number of games, 60. Yeah, they're making their full prorated salary, but at this point, only playing 60 games, they are making 37% Of the salary that they would have made. Had they played the full 162. I said it ad nauseum yesterday. It didn't make any sense to me. Why the players voted against that deal. Only to accept an imposed season. It makes no sense to me. I don't want to talk about that anymore today. That's not my focus. I want to move on. Because the players in the league. Major League Baseball is moving on. Under the confines of an imposed season. This imposed season worked for two reasons. Because the players agreed. So report to camp by July 1st, check number one. And check number two was the players agreed to those health and safety protocols, which when this is all said and done, I never want to hear the words social distancing again. And I never want to hear the words health and safety protocols. I'd never just throw both of those things, not even in the garbage, burn them, shoot them into space. I don't want to hear those expressions anymore once this pandemic is done. The biggest hurdle for Major League Baseball to clear now is not salary negotiations. It's not scheduling issues. It's COVID. It's coronavirus. And it is going to be a really, really big hurdle to clear. The United States announced today 35,000 new cases, which matches um, one of the biggest totals, daily totals yet. Uh, We haven't seen 35,000 new cases since April. Not exactly trending in the right direction as a country. And some of the most important states to baseball, Arizona, Florida, Texas, California, all reporting huge case numbers today. Arizona, 3,500 new cases. Florida, 5,500 new cases. And they're testing positive as a, at a rate of 16%. 16%! That means almost one in five people who gets a test for coronavirus in Florida right now is testing positive. That should terrify you. Yeah, we're testing a lot more. So there's going to be more positive tests. But when you're testing positive at a rate of 16%, holy cow. So that's what's going on in Florida. And in Texas, they announced 5,000 new cases today as well. And it's getting scary in some big cities, Texas, for example, Arizona, another example, where they're actually getting pretty darn full in hospitals. They actually don't have a lot of beds left. It's getting scary. The country's not trending in the right direction. And this is the atmosphere in which Major League Baseball will try to make its return. Even before... Spring training starts before a season starts. Teams are already having issues. The Phillies had an outbreak where they had 11 players and staff members test positive. The Rockies had an outbreak last week where they had three members test positive. And Philly had a process. They had guidelines. There was a sign-in. They were doing temperature checks. They were keeping spaced. Trainers and coaches were wearing masks. Didn't matter. Still had an outbreak. The Rockies, same thing. They were having small, staggered workouts at Coors Field. Lots of space in Coors Field. It's a big... It's a baseball stadium, right? A lot of fresh air. Didn't matter. They still had an outbreak. And this is before spring training or games have even started. One veteran player was quoted today in an article written in The Athletic saying a lot of players in the league think this could turn into a you-know-what show. Not exactly a vote of confidence and, and, and a vote of faith from a veteran in Major League Baseball. The problem isn't what's going on at the ballpark. With the temperature checks and the screenings and the masks and the distancing. That's not where things are going wrong. Things are going wrong when players leave. They go back home. They go to the grocery store. They go back into the community. And then they come back to the ballpark. And Major League Baseball, up until this point, haven't had guidelines. Haven't had rules in place. It's been the honor system. Hey, when you guys leave the ballpark, just use your best judgment. right? There's, there's, there's nothing holding these players accountable. That's the problem. And I'm sure some of you feel the same way. I feel very safe coming to work every day. Now, we have a lot of people working from home. We're able to distance. I'm in a studio all by myself. I'm not in a busy office building. There are offices and there are people here, but we stayed, stayed pretty spaced out. I feel safe coming to work and I trust my coworkers. Now, I don't work in a factory or in a meatpacking plant. Those people probably feel differently. A little bit more packed in there. But I don't think the issue is at work. I don't think infections are happening at work. The problem is when people who have jobs go home at night, or they go to the grocery store, they go to the bar, they go to a party, and then they bring it back to work. I feel very safe because I trust my coworkers. I hope my coworkers trust me to not be irresponsible in my free time and then bring whatever I may be infected with back to work. Baseball's going to face the same problem. And from what I've seen so far from the health and safety protocols, I don't have great faith that this is going to go well. To use the words of one veteran MLB player who was quoted today, a lot of guys think this could turn into a bleep show. A you-know-what show. Could go south very quickly. And I feel the same way. Now, it's being reported that the health and safety protocols for Major League Baseball are 100-plus pages, which is great, right? Now, thoroughness doesn't always equal excellence, right? Just because you write a longer paper doesn't make it a better paper. But you'd like to think that they are considering everything and pulling out all the stops and being thorough... Instead of being brief. Sounds like that's the case. I guess the protocol is over 100 pages. But it's a little concerning because the NBA's return to play, their health and safety protocols, were also over 100 pages. And they covered everything. From what I've seen reported about Major League Baseball's protocols, I don't know that they have answers to questions that coronavirus asks. Right? I don't know if they have solutions to the problems created by a global pandemic. For example, the NBA is putting all their players in a bubble. They're sequestering them in one location. Nobody goes in or out. Major League Baseball banned sunflower seeds and chewing tobacco and high fives. Doesn't really feel the same. Feels like one league is taking this a lot more seriously than the other. The NBA is using new technology, wristbands and rings to try to predict and spot infections early. They're getting creative. They're pulling out all the stops. Major League Baseball said today that players can ride in Ubers and in Lyfts. Bob Nightingale reported, yeah, players can ride. They can use ride shares as long as they are in compliance with the minimum standards for rideshare vehicles set forth by the CDC. What? Look, I, I think the NBA is better run. I think the leadership is stronger and smarter than it is in Major League Baseball. I, I just see stark contrast between the NBA and between Major League Baseball, one league is putting their players in a bubble and using technology to try to prevent COVID any way they can. And the other league's banning sunflower seeds. I, I This thing could go south quickly. I, I could see this, this baseball season going very, very poorly, maybe not getting off the ground at all. I hope it does. I hope it's a success and everybody stays healthy. But from what I'm reading so far, I, I don't have a lot of confidence. We're gonna continue this conversation coming up next, continue to talk about baseball. We're also gonna talk to our friend Bart Winkler, who's a morning show host on 1057 FM the Fan in Milwaukee. UWL grad used to work TV in this area. We're gonna reconnect with him and talk about baseball and whatever the heck else comes up. That's coming up at 530. A lot more to come coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. <laughs> Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Follow me on Twitter, at KeystrokerGrant. You can tweet at me anytime about anything. I love wasting time on social media. So hit me up. You can text the show, 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talking text line. We're talking baseball, and we're going to talk baseball coming up in 10 minutes with our friend Bart Winkler on the five-star telecom talking text line. Look, we covered the health and safety protocols, which make this very clear. Once this pandemic is over, I never want to hear the word social distancing again. And I never want to hear the term health and safety protocols. Those are two things that that can die with 2020 and can die with this pandemic. We covered the boring stuff. Although I'm a little concerned. I I don't know if baseball is, is doing everything that needs to be done to ensure a sporting season can take place during a pandemic. Like I said, The NBA is sequestering players in one location. They're using technology to help to try to spot COVID infections early. Nobody goes in or out. And baseball is banning sunflower seeds. I don't know. I don't feel confident. And we'll know more in the next couple of days about exactly all the measures Major League Baseball is taking. Or at least I I hope we learn more. And I hope that not everything has been reported yet. Because if the headline is, you can't spit sunflower seeds, I don't have a prayer. I don't have a hope. That baseball can be successfully played. I hope we get more details. That's the boring stuff. Let's talk about the actual logistics of what this season is going to look like. We all know and we've talked about it's going to be 60 games. All games in the regular season will be played within the division. Both National League and American League. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. This isn't a lot of early proposals. That it's going to be regional. So the Brewers will play all of their division opponents each four times. Or each, uh, each ten times. So the Reds, the Pirates, the Cardinals, and the Cubs, they'll all play those teams 10 times. So that's 40 games of their schedule. The other 20 will be 20 total games in the American League Central. And I know that six of those games will be against the Twins. We have yet to see the details on how they're going to fill the rest of it out because they they can't do full series with the White Sox, the Indians, the Tigers, and the Royals. There's just not enough games. So they'll have to work that out somehow. We'll learn more about that as the start date comes closer. 60 games. 40 against divisional opponents in the National League. And then the other 20 are filled in between the Twins, the Tigers, the, or the uh, Indians. You get the you get the shtick. There's going to be a universal DH both in the American League and in the National League. Which which I like. Like, why not? Get Ryan Braun some more playing time. We can see some of these newer faces on the Brewers. Make it easier to find a roster spot. Absolutely down for that. I don't like that we don't get the strategy. But I can get over that. Uh... In extra innings, this season only, they're also going to implement a rule that's been talked about and that's already been implemented in the minor leagues, and that is starting in the 10th inning, each inning is going to begin with a runner starting on second base. Each half inning will start with a runner on second base. It will be scored as that runner reached on a fielding error, so if that runner scores, it won't impact the ERA of the pitcher. They have all those details ironed out. You might hate that. I, I think we're just getting mad about that to get mad about it. Like, do we really have a problem with it? I hate extra innings baseball. I'm all about not having 13, 14 inning games. Sign me up. According to Baseball America, since this rule change was implemented in the minor leagues the last couple of years, 10th inning finishes went from 45% to 73%. Meaning if a game went to extra innings, 73% of the time, since a runner has started on second base, the game ended in the 10th inning. There, done. I Sign me up. I'm so much in favor of that. It's It feels a little clunky. Maybe there's a better way to do it. I, I don't know, but putting a runner at second base, that works for now. Sign me up. Games will end quicker. Teams won't deplete their bullpens, and I won't fall asleep trying to wait for the end of a Brewer game. Absolutely sign me up. Uh, each team will have a 60-player pool, so they have a 30-man active roster that after a couple of weeks will decrease to 28, then to 26. They will also have 30 players to start the year that are available but are kept at a separate site. So they'll have a they'll sixty players total, thirty active and then thirty to pull from. So lots of options in the case of injuries or infections, what have you. Lots of bodies. Okay, so that's logistically how the season is going to play. Now, what about the Brewers? How does this impact the Brewers? How do the health and safety protocols impact the Brewers and the logistics of the season impact the Brewers? Because every team is different, every roster is built differently. Some general managers prioritize power hitting. Some prioritize other things, although I think most general managers in 2020 prioritize power hitting and slugging percentage and that kind of thing. Batting average is kind of taken a backseat, but that's not the point. Every team is constructed differently. Every general manager has a different mantra. How are the Brewers designed to play in a 60-game season that is played only within their division? Well, our friend Will Salmon, who covers the Brewers for the Athletics, he was on the show last week or the week before. He wrote an article earlier today Specifying that the Brewers are built for a marathon. They're built for a marathon. They're built for 162 games. Lots of options. Lots of B-plus players, rather than just one or two A-plus players. The Brewers are designed to absorb injuries. To absorb a player going through a long slump. Right? Oh, Ryan Braun's in a slump. Ryan Braun's injured. Well, we got Avi Garcia now. They may not be best designed to win as many games out of 60, but over the course of a 162-game season, David Stearns prioritized depth and prioritized options, which is very par for the course with David Stearns. How does that change? How does this team's outlook change when a game is shrunk from 162 to only 60? Well, let's break this down. Let's talk offensively, then we'll talk pitching. I think in a 60-game season, a player like Christian Yelich can be most impactful. Because we've seen, right, this is how somebody wins MVP every year. This was Christian Yelich two years ago when he just got hot and he carried that team's offense for the last month of the year. For a month or 60 games, one hot bat, one great player, one MVP can carry a team's offense. He can power a team. Christian Yelich did it two years ago. David Fries did it for the Cardinals in in 2011. We've seen it. It always happens. The problem is, over the course of 162 games, well, it's really hard to count on one guy to power an offense through an entire season. Even a player as great as Christian Yelich. So offensively, I think Christian Yelich gets them 60% of the way there because a player as great as Christian Yelich can carry a team offensively for a stretch of 60 games. What about the other 40%? Well, here's the way I look at it. Yasmani Grandal and Mike Moustakis are gone. So you're going to need two guys to step up to provide some support and provide protection for Yellich so pitchers actually have to pitch to him, right? This is the way I see it, to get the other 40%. Lorenzo Cain needs to be active. He doesn't need to be an all-star. He needs to be healthy, and he needs to be active, which means he's getting on base. He's taking walks. He's reaching on bunts, infield hits. He's just active. He's everywhere. He needs to be busy. He needs to be a factor. He doesn't need to hit 350. He doesn't need to hit 25 home runs. He needs to be active. So that's num- point number one. I think Lorenzo Cain needs to be active. Point number two, Avi Garcia needs to be good. If Avi Garcia is a fringe all-star, a fringe all-star candidate, I think that's enough. He doesn't have to be what Mike Moustakas was last year, right? He doesn't have to hit 260, 270 with 40 home runs, but he needs to be good. He needs to be reliable. He needs to be somebody that pitchers have to like, like keep in their mind, right? He needs to be a guy that pitchers have a scouting report for. Just good enough to be a fringe all-star. Lorenzo Cain needs to be active. Avi Garcia needs to be good. And I think Keston Hira needs to be great. This has to be the season that Keston Hira shows up. Not just as an exciting young player or an intriguing prospect, but he needs to be great. He needs to be what Mike Moustakis was last year. Or he needs to be what Yasmani Grandal was last year. Keston Hira needs to be as good as one of those two players. If the Brewers have a shot offensively this year. I don't think that's too much to ask. Christian Yelich played an MVP level. Lorenzo Cain, active. Avi Garcia, good. Keston Hira, great. Those four things. And I think they're all very realistic. And if all four of those come to be, I think the Brewers offensively could actually be pretty good. Could win some games. What about the pitching? Pitching, I think Craig Council is the perfect manager to cobble 60 games together between starters and relievers. I think he's the perfect manager to make this work. 60 games or 540 innings, which is more likely how, how Craig Counsel and David Stearns and the rest of the Brewers staff looks at this. It's not 60 games. It's 540 innings. How do we get through 540 innings? couple of questions. Something to ponder over the next month. When you're talking about starting pitchers, Brandon Woodruff, Adrian Hauser, Brett Anderson, Josh Lindblom, Corbin Burns, Eric Lauer, Freddie Peralta, in a 60-game season, and this is something I want to ask Bart Winkler coming up next. In a 60-game season, do you need five starting pitchers? Or can you go with four and move some of those arms to the bullpen so you can get more use out of them? Something to think about. That's the starting pitching situation. And the bullpen, much like I think Christian Yelich gets them 60% of the way there offensively, I think Corey Canable and Josh Hader get them 60% of the way there. And I think Brent Suter is a weapon this season that will be really useful, very flexible. I think the Brewers actually have a pretty good shot. I'm not saying I'm picking them to win the World Series. But I think the path for the Brewers to being competitive is is very realistic. I I think it's very realistic. I want to continue this conversation. We we need to take a break because we got to get connected with Bart Winkler uh, on the five-star telecom talking text line. 105.7 FM, the fan. He used to work TV here in Lacrosse. He went to UW Lacrosse. I like talking to him. And a day after, we talked to Justin Garcia, who got his start here in Lacrosse as well. So we'll talk to Bart Winkler, continue our conversation about baseball coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. Wisco Sports Show rolls on. My name is Grant Bills. I'm your host thanks for hanging out we're talking about the brewers i weirdly might actually be talking myself into the brewers and why they could actually be pretty good if you want to share your thoughts shoot me a text 608-796-2558 on the five-star telecom talking text line now joining us on the five-star telecom talking text line that's our friend uh and one of my favorite recurring guests that's bart winkler 105.7 FM, the fan in Milwaukee. He got his start in lacrosse, doing TV. He went to UWL. Bart, we're we're kind of on a good streak with with local guests or localist guests. We had Justin Garcia on yesterday from the Bucks Radio Network. And we were talking about COVID a little bit. And the one thing he wanted to know was if Rudy's was still open. And when I told him (laughs) that Rudy's was still open, it's almost like he got a sense of relief. Like, okay, we're going to be okay. So I, I got a kick out of that yesterday. As long as Rudy's is open... I think we're gonna be okay. Twenty-one new cases in Lacrosse County today. Most people in their twenties, but hey, if we can pull up to the drive-through and get a Rudy's cheeseburger, everything is uh, everything's okay with the world.
0: Well, what's a bummer is I learned not too long ago that uh, I don't know if you ever went to Beef and etc. Yep. Yep. Yeah that closed
1: right yeah that that building's kind of been just a rotating oh, mess of man. restaurants that place yeah is so good yeah right next to the skate park it was like three blocks from where I used to live it's a little bit farther away I would have made the car ride for for beef and etc across town now but yeah that was my that was my neighborhood right across the street from Rudy's. so I, I miss it it was it was almost too convenient same with little Caesars. Yeah,
0: I lived I lived right in that area like right off 11th Street and so we would go there a bunch and then I would go to Rudy's a bunch. And then when I was a TV reporter at Channel 8, they happened to be one of these places that you go and you ask, hey, can we do a story there? And and they say, yeah, yeah, do a story here. And, you know, it's like free advertising for the business. Yeah. And I love going there anyway. So I got to know Gary Rudy a little bit, the owner there. And it was like I did maybe two stories there where I called him up and said, hey, I need someone to talk to about, you know, the local economy with the event coming to town, the track meet coming to town, whatever. Yeah. And so there was another reporter that was working at my station at the time, and I just found this out when I had a couple of beers with him a couple of weeks ago. His name is Mark McPherson. He's now in Milwaukee. He's at Channel Eight a long time too. He said, "Hey, I never, I never brought this up to you, Gary Rudy. He, did you like him?" And I said, "What do you mean? Did I like him? Rudy's best place ever. I, I love Gary." Yeah. And he said, "He said, yeah, I thought so because Gary, the one time that." I did a story there with him. He goes, hey, that Bart Winkler guy, he's okay, right? Because I'll see him during the day for stories, and he eats in my restaurant. But there's been multiple times now, at least two, where I've come the next day, and I've seen him passed out in my, in my lawn. So, like, I, I didn't make it home a couple of times, and I thought that Rudy's was a nice spot to catch a few Z's. So Rudy's very good in the day and a nice place to sleep at night, but I don't think they want me to recommend that.
1: Dude, the, the glow of the yellow lights under the drive-in, it was just a nice beacon when coming back from 3rd Street uh, to find my house, so I, I could definitely appreciate that. I, I miss living next to Rudy's, I, I miss being around campus, I also really miss baseball, how's how's that for a segue? I, Bart, Very good. yeah, full disclosure, I'm a little confused, have you talked about this? I'm a little confused as to why the players didn't accept that deal on Monday night, because unless I'm missing something, it's the same amount of games, but... They they said no to all of these benefits that Major League Baseball was willing to offer them. Yeah, they got their prorated salaries, which is what they wanted all along. But now with only 60 games, it only equates to like 37% of what they would have made as a whole. I guess I'm confused as to why the players were stubborn to the bitter end. Do you have feelings on that? Because that's something I've just been complaining about this week.
0: Yeah, I've been pretty pro player between the two sides. And I'm, I'm probably always going to take that side. But as we got down to the nitty gritty here. You know, the players not expanding the postseason, I think they could have got a little more money that way. So you maybe think, well, why didn't why didn't they take the other deal where there possibly was more money for them? I think it came down to this was all a precursor for what we're going to see in 2021 after the season, and they don't want to budge at all. The players, I, I, I'm not sure that they've ever been stronger. And historically, you look at these leagues and their unions and then the leagues, and in the NFL – you know, both sides, you kind of get what you want, and the NBA, I think, has done a really good job of making both sides feel like equal partners in the production of their league. MLB is not the case. MLB has been tilted to the owners for a long time, and I think the players are going to want a lot of that back, a lot of that power, and a lot of that say. So I I really do think it came down to, we just don't want to give in at all at this point, and if they're going to mandate a season, you know, we want to play, we just, we don't want to give in at all. So, At least it looked like there was some solidarity there You at the 33-5 to vote. I would think if you're a player at any time, you would want as much money as you can get, obviously. I do like some of the things in for the players where if they're high-risk, they don't have to play, and they'll still get paid. I would like to see that amended for some of these people that live with high-risk people, whether it's a mom or a wife or a kid. If they don't feel comfortable going right now, it's up to the team if they get paid. I would like players to get paid in that circumstance, because really, to make these guys go, and it's just like anybody, you know, working. It's it's a there's risk when you go into a studio or yep. into an office or into whatever. So, I'd like to see more adjustments there. But I'm yeah, I'm with you. I'm just, I'm I'm glad that we're done with that part of it, and now we can actually focus on baseball. Should. We, we get there if things don't continue to trend the way they are.
1: Yeah, I'm all for the players making a stand and being stubborn if that's what it takes. I just want it to be for a purpose. Like, I want their rigidity rigidity to serve a purpose. And I don't know if they're going to get anything out of it next year. I think the negotiations next year will still be nasty. I Like, I don't know what purpose this served. Only Only time will tell. We've been trying to talk a little bit more specifically about the Brewers. I'm really just trying to talk Brewers, Brewers, Brewers because... For the last couple of months, it's been talking about baseball, and I'd like to get back to talking about the names and the players and Craig Council, like, I miss that. I heard you talking about Brandon Woodruff on your show this morning a little bit, and you made a really interesting point. I was on my bike ride and actually pulled my phone out biking along the highway, which was really dangerous. I wanted to write it down before I forgot it. You you mentioned that Brandon Woodruff, in a 60-game season, if there's five starters, gets about 12 starts. And for one of the Brewers' best players... I don't love the idea that you're only going to get to use them twelve times. You want, you want to get more of a use out of your best players. That's why they don't have hater close games, you know, et cetera. Do you think the Brewers need five starting pitchers in a sixty-game season, or can they go with four and move some of those extra arms to the pen and be a lot more flexible? I think Craig Council would be all over that. How do you view the starting rotation in a season that's only going to have sixty games?
0: I don't. Th- I think you know what Craig's been preaching for the last few years is. I don't have starters. I don't have relievers. I don't have a closer. I have out-getters. Yeah. And I think that that is what he should totally do, and all these other teams should look at it that way too. It's a 60-game season. This is going to be like something we haven't seen before. So in a 60-game season, right, think of these guys that are even better than Brandon Woodruff. Think of the Jake DeGroms, the Clayton Kershaws. Yeah. And these guys. These are are your big-time guys, and you're only going to get them every five days. And then if there is a – Injury, or if they're not ready to go, then you miss you miss two starts. That's a sixth of your season, and especially with where they're at now, they they had a spring training in March for a little bit. They've had this downtime, and yeah, you're throwing in your yard and you're throwing wherever you can. But I can't imagine that there's too many of these stud horse pitchers that are fully stretched out. So I would say use this spring training to get these guys more comfortable with going three, four, five innings max so that you can use Brandon Woodruff, you can start him and use him for five innings, and then you can use him a couple days later for, for three innings. You can maybe see some improbable scenarios where if the Brewers are playing the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw pitched a couple of days ago just four innings and the Dodgers have a one nothing lead and Jansen, Kenley Jansen's not available, they throw Clayton Kershaw, almost like a Game 7 situation in the postseason where everybody's available. I don't think you're going to see a lot of starters go very deep, and I would I would strongly recommend teams don't do that because then you are taking your arms away from from different games. It's exactly why Josh Hader isn't a starter because instead of using him just one-fifth of the season, Craig Council can then pick and choose the times when he wants to use them and get the most out of that talent. So I think that is going to be one of the biggest strategic moves that you're going to see. It will certainly not stick the next year with a full season, but I would think that most teams go away from a starting pitcher. Brendan Woodruff, too, he could still pitch four innings. It just might be innings three through six instead of one through four. So that I, I totally, and Craig's going to talk this week, And we'll try to get some questions and answers on that, but I would totally expect that to be the route for most of these people with their pitching staffs.
1: Bart Winkler from The Fan in Milwaukee, joining us on the five-star telecom talk and text line. So, Bart, I was writing down some notes um, earlier, and I'm like, okay, what do I want to talk to Bart about? And I laughed when I typed this out because I'm like, this is so dumb, but it's actually, I find it kind of interesting. So if, I, I think Craig Council is the best coach, manager, whatever, in the state of Wisconsin in professional or college sports. Do you first, really quickly? Do you agree with that, or do you like think I'm really wrong there? I think he's better than Lafleur, Chris Budenholzer. Like, I think he's in a class of his own. Do you have an objection to that?
0: No, I think he has to do the most, and I think he has the best results by doing the most. I would put him one, but I don't think Chris is too far behind. If they can, if the Badgers can avoid the once a year blunder, then, yeah. then Chris would have more of a say but yeah I'd say I'd go with council
1: and I and I really like Paul Chris this that's not a, a bad mouth on anybody else I just like no well, you can't lose much. to Illinois
0: and be number one I that's okay suggest- so
1: so I agree I also think small side note that council Chris guard they're in perfect situations for them which helps but here's what I was thinking about if if like you were to do an expansion draft in theory and you had to protect members of the Brewers how many players would you mention before Craig Council. Like, how many players would you find more valuable than Craig Council to this team right now? I was thinking about oh, this that's earlier a good today. question. I know, isn't that? And I never come up with, like, like fascinating topics. Like, I was really proud of, of thinking of this earlier. Like, what, what do you think? Wow, first of all, I
0: am stealing that.
1: You should. I stole content from your show this morning. Oh, man, that's very
0: good. Wow. um, uh, uh, Okay, Christian Yelich. Yep. And... Maybe Josh Hader.
1: Yep. And I don't know. Is that it? I it might well here's the thing. Kestin Hira might I, I want to see what he's gonna do this year, and I also feel that way about Woodruff and Burns, but like I don't feel super strongly about anybody other than Yelich and Hayter. I'm I'm with you. So then the question the question
0: can be rephrased, well, who would you rather have as a brewer? For the next five years, Yelich or Council.
1: Now that's that's how sports radio is done right there. I love that. And I'd rather
0: have, so I'd rather have Yelich. Yep. And then even if I said Hater or Council, I think the Brewers are burning Hater out and his career is Agreed. not going to be that much longer. So I guess I'm going to, I guess I would go Council there. And I think you can, there's, Keston here is good, but there's like 15 other Keston here is in the league at
1: second base. Mm-hmm. I might go too. I might go Yelich and then Council. Hell yeah. See, this, this is. I was proud of thinking that. I'll be 100% honest. I was smiling when I typed this out earlier today. It's really I interesting.
0: Would, I would. This is a great question.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I think it shows maybe how this roster is really deep. And there's a lot of good players, but there's not a lot of great players. And I also think it just shows how valuable Craig Council is. Craig Council's managing style equals wins, at least in Milwaukee. If you put him on the Dodgers or on the Yankees, I don't know. But in Milwaukee, man, I... I, I, God, I love Craig Council Bart. I guess that's what I'm, I guess that's the core of this discussion. I don't,
0: hey, don't take this the wrong way, but I'm really proud of you for that. Hell that, yes. That's
1: a really good question. Bart, I seek your approval all the time. I, that's not <laughs> demeaning at all. So I, I appreciate that very much. Bart, I want to have you back. Our, our time is, is always short. I appreciate you joining oh, me in. And, and yes, I get ideas from your show all the time. Uh, sometimes I don't credit you, I just try to make them generic, but. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Craig Council versus everyone else thing, that's that's a good Wisconsin sports. Brilliant. Thing. You should give that to Bill, too.
0: No, Bill Bill
1: Michaels, they've got, what's your level of concern about the Brewers? That's true.
0: Uh, you know, they've, they've got their playbook. I, I'm going to take yours, and they can do their
1: thing. <laughs> well, I, uh, you guys have been doing trivia in the morning as well. I've enjoyed listening, and we're all forced to get creative right now. So I'm going to continue to steal your stuff. Uh, probably without crediting you, I appreciate you, Bart, and I always love having <laughs> you on. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Grant. Have a good one. That's Bart Winkler, 105.7 FM, the Fan in Milwaukee. Got it start at News Eight, UWL. It's we we have quite the uh, we have quite the pipeline here in Lacrosse of people going on to to do good things elsewhere as well. So it's cool to connect with those people. When we come back, I want to take a look at the win totals or the projected win totals and the playoff odds for. Some of these major league baseball teams. Because fan graphs put out their odds. And I i don't bet on sports. Mostly because I would i would get way too into it. I would spend too much money. And I would waste time and money that I just don't need to spend. I love the idea of betting. Who I would pick. I just don't bet. But I'm looking at some of these odds. And I, like, I'm kind of left scratching my head. Because I don't exactly know how the season is going to go. If these odds come to be. I'll explain what I'm talking about. I'll clarify that. Coming up next we'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Grant Bills. A big thank you to Bart Winkler, good friend of the show since the very, very beginning. I always appreciate him. If you missed that conversation, you can find it at wk 2 isportscom and on our mobile app. The podcast will go up just after six o'clock. And the story of sleeping in the grass at Rudy's—that's just, that's just content. You're not, you're not going to get that content anywhere else. A big thanks to Bart for. Giving us a couple of minutes. Hey, if you have a couple of minutes, uh, go to WKTYsports.com. There you will find the link to our restaurant rewards program. We're teaming up with Twisted Tea to help make you some money. And you don't have to do anything. You just have to go about your day eating out at your favorite restaurants. Either you're dining in or you're taking it to go. Whatever you're more comfortable with right now. Uh, you could win a $20 gift card. Do your favorite restaurant or 50 bucks cash. All you have to do... Uh, is just ask for the code when you're there. Give the server a little wink and a nod. They'll know. They'll know what you're talking about. Uh, Ask for the code, and you can enter that code at aroundrivercity.com. Buzzard Billy's, Big Boar Barbecue, Flipside Pub and Grill, and Barachos and David Ray's. Dine in. Take it to go. Doesn't matter. But while you're there, ask for a code. Enter that code, and you can win money instantly. It's very easy, and you can do it while you're eating your delicious food. Very simple. So before we say goodbye today, I... I just have some questions. I'm I'm a little confused. I was looking at the totals, the win projections, and the playoff odds uh, for this upcoming Major League Baseball season. Now, because the season was only set in the last, what, 48 hours, uh, a lot of odds aren't out. But Fangraphs has put out their odds. And everything from strength of schedule to projected win totals to projected division standings. It's it's all in here. And I was just scrolling through it and like I said, I don't I don't bet on sports. I wish I had enough money to bet on sports. If I won the lottery, the first thing I would do is make an account and start cuz it would be a blast. I just I cannot spend that much money and I know I would. I would not be able to control myself. I'm looking at the Brewers and how the rest of the NL Central is projected to finish. The Brewers win total is 31 and 29. So 2 games over 500. They're projected to finish well, tied for second in the division, with the Cardinals and with the Reds, who are also both projected to go 31 and 29. The Cubs are expected to win the division at 32 and 28, and the Pirates are expected to get last 26 and 34. Here's, here's what confuses me. Most teams in Major League Baseball, at least according to fan graphs, Are projected to finish within a couple of games of 500, right? The San Diego Padres in the West, 32 and 28. The Diamondbacks, 30 and 30. Want to look at the NL East? The Braves and the Nationals, both picked at 34 and 26, right? Just a measly eight games over 500. Like none of these teams are predicted to go sky high and run away with divisions. It's all very close. And look, there's only 60 games. In the season. So there can only be so much separation. But I guess I'm. I'm just confused. Are all of these divisions going to finish within a couple of games of each other? Because the Cubs are much better than the Pirates. The Brewers are much better than the Pirates. And. There's only supposed to be a four or five game difference. Is that how the season's going to go? Because. Is that. Like is that really that entertaining? I mean it's going to be close. That's. That's great. It'll It'll be entertaining right down to the finish. You'll have to watch right down to the finish. But. I think that really speaks to the integrity of this season. If you have the Chicago Cubs finishing four or five games only better than the terrible Pittsburgh Pirates, I I don't know. The playoff odds for the Cubs, they have a 42% chance to make the playoffs. The Brewers, 37. Cardinals, 35. Reds, 33. So the Reds, the Cardinals, the Brewers, and the Cubs are all within about 9% of each other to make the playoffs. To me, that's just a coin flip. It's like, well, one of those teams is going to make the playoffs. Apparently, the Cubs or the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Reds, they're they are all similar. I i just don't know if a 60-game season provides the, the backdrop to actually figure out which one of these teams are the best. In fact, that's not an opinion. That is fact. A 60-game season is not enough. If you have the miserable Pittsburgh Pirates finishing with only five fewer wins than the Cardinals or the Brewers, I... I don't know, you can dress this season up any way you want, and I'm going to watch, I'm going to tune in, absolutely. And I was just as annoyed with baseball as everyone else, probably more annoyed, but I'm going to watch. Come on, of course I'm going to watch. I'm a sports fan, I'm a Brewers fan. But I'm just looking at these win projections, these playoff percentages, it's just, it's very underwhelming to me. It's very underwhelming. I, I just don't, there's not a bet in here, or a percentage, or a over-under that I feel strongly about. It's the same in the Twins division. The Twins are only projected to finish a game better than the Indians and four games better than the White Sox? Didn't the White Sox just get way better? Maybe my beef is with these projections and with Fangraph's numbers, not with the 60-game season itself. I just, I, I don't know. I The the beauty of a baseball season is it's 162 games long, and it really leaves no stone unturned. Every pl- Everybody plays everybody multiple times, at least But. Be- you know, not talking about interleague play, but in the national and the American leagues, everybody plays everybody. It's loud and clear which teams are better than others and which teams are worse than others. And that's part of what's great about baseball. It's also obvious and it's almost boring in a good way. Baseball is a good kind of boring. And in a 60 game season, it's going to be pedal to the metal the whole time. You're telling me that the pirates are only four or five games better or worse than the brewers. Come on. There's a world of difference between those two teams. Interesting. I'm gonna pay attention to a lot of win totals and percentages coming out because sixty game season changes everything. We'll continue that conversation tomorrow. We're gonna talk, we're gonna get back to the Packers. It's been a while since we've touched them. We gotta get out of this baseball rut that we've been in. Get back to the Packers tomorrow. Continue to talk about baseball as we know more. All that coming up tomorrow. Same time, same place here on the Wisco Sports Show. Talk to you then.